Okay, good afternoon Church at Four, good to be with you. Welcome if you're on Zoom, my name's Paul Owens, also known as Oe. If you've got Romans 13 open, that's going to be uh, particularly helpful as we go through. I want to start with something of a survey and I want you to put yourself in one of two categories. If you're the sort of person that grabs a new piece of Ikea furniture and you open up the box, are you the sort of person that goes through and reads all of the instructions and then make sure that you've got the exact number of screws and everything else you need to put the thing together, and then you start, and you start by reading point one and then doing it, read point two, then do it. Are you that sort of person on the one hand, or are you the sort of person who takes the instructions and throws it to one side, I definitely won't be needing that, grab the Allen key and go for it. So I want you to put your hand up if you're the person A, the person who makes all the has a good look at all the... Wow, you're a very ordered bunch, Church at Four. <laughs> church at Eleven was the exact opposite. I don't know why that is, but... Uh, okay, so that's on the one side. Second, second one we're going to do is recipes. How do you go with a recipe? I'll, I want to just give you a little bit of a confession before we dive into recipes. I'd cooked pancakes several months ago now. That in itself is noteworthy. I don't cook very much. But I cook pancakes the way I would make a piece of Ikea furniture, which is to throw the recipe to one side and go for it. And apparently you need self-raising flour. They were fantastic doorstops, not so good to eat. The kids were incredibly gracious. So are you the sort of person who reads through the recipe, make sure that you have all your materials, measure it out, and then keep going back, step one, steps two, step three? Or are you the sort of person who goes, I get the vibe, I can just do this? So put your hand up if you are the person who says, I get the vibe, you can just do this. Good on you. I reckon that's great. That's great. I'm with you. You're a minority at church at four, but that's all right. We're going to love you anyway. When it comes to hearing our leaders who give us instructions or to looking at the speed limit as you drive down the highway or to changes in tax law that might affect how you do your tax return, I'd like to suggest that actually how we operate in terms of recipes and Ikea furniture probably actually hits home a little bit in regard to this as well. Because if you're the sort of person who says, she'll be right, whatever, we'll just figure it out, then perhaps you're more likely to say that about the governing authorities who rule over us. So if you're a Christian here today, can I ask you, do you think that either is fine? Do you think it's just a personality thing? That you can choose to be obedient to the governing authorities? Or is something else at play as we live in our society today? Do you think we really need to obey everything our leaders demand? And on a second point that we'll touch on later, is there a line in the sand somewhere that changes the need for obedience? Is there something that affects whether or not we should or shouldn't obey our governing authorities? So let's jump back into the in, into uh, Romans 13. I'm going to say there are two things, that, two main things that pop up in this chapter that guide us for how we, wh- sorry, why we ought to be subject to the governing authorities. Two main reasons. First one is that they are established by God. And the second reason is that they wield the sword. They can punish us. Two reasons that Paul gives us that we should submit to the governing authorities. So the first reason, God has put them there. He has established them. Have a look at verse 1. We're going to pick it up halfway through. 
The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Now, as you think about Orange City Council, I'm not sure whether or not you think that God put them there. But he has. Our New South Wales government, our federal government, they are all instituted by our God. They don't need to recognise God and his authority over them, but they are placed there by our God. You might think to yourself, wow, God hasn't chosen highly competent people to rule over us. And that may or may not be true. But he doesn't need to. He achieves his purposes through those who rule over us and lead us. And so we need to recognise their authority and sit under their authority. And if we don't, we might find ourselves opposing God himself, who's put those leaders there. Now, Jesus gives us a bit of an example and some information on how we ought to sit in regard to the authorities. When Pilate was asking Jesus a whole lot of questions in his trial, Jesus didn't answer a whole lot of them. And then at one point, Pilate said, aren't you going to answer? Jesus' reply was, you would have no authority over me if it were not given to you from above. So Jesus tells us that Pilate was there because God had placed him there. And Pilate was deeply opposed to Jesus. Actually, he ordered Jesus to be crucified and to be killed. So the authority of the state wasn't in line with what God's God's will might be in particular, although in some ways it was in that instance. But Pilate stood in opposition to Jesus, and yet Pilate was still God's appointed authority at that point in time, achieving God's good purposes. Friends, the governing authorities don't need to be Christian or even in line with Christian values at all for them to be God's servants. Whether they know it or not, they are God's servants. Have a look at verse 4. For the one in authority is God's servant. So they're established by God, so we ought to obey. Otherwise, we might find ourselves rebelling against God. That's point one. We're to obey because they are God's authorities placed there by him. Point two, we're to submit to the authorities because they can punish us. Have a look at verse four. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. That's pretty helpful advice, I think, isn't it? And this is totally in our self-interests. If you disobey you are likely to get punished. Who wants to get fined or called out or even imprisoned for doing the wrong thing? No one really. So this is incredibly wise advice. Obey the authorities and avoid getting punished. So two main reasons that pop up in Romans 13 as to why we ought to obey our authorities over us. Because God put them there and because if we do the wrong thing, they might well punish us. So a couple of examples of how this works out in our lives. Perhaps you're like me and you don't necessarily associate, immediately associate the highway patrol sitting in the bushes trying to catch you out speeding as being God's authority over us. You might tend to think, this is ridiculous, there's a wide open road, I'm a good driver, me being 5Ks over the speed limit isn't going to hurt anyone. That's not how I should think. I should think... Something totally different to that. I should think that the highway patrol are part of God's instituted authority over me 
and every other road user. They are sent to do us good, to keep us safe. And in order to honour God, I will drive under the speed limit. And as an added bonus, apart from being God-honouring in the way that I drive, I get the, the huge added bonus of never getting fined if I drive under the speed limit. It's helpful, isn't it? Or in regard to tax, and it's tax time now, and it looks like from the way you answered my survey earlier that lots of you enjoy doing exactly the right thing on your tax, but I'm going to go there anyway. Let's talk about tax. Rather than thinking to ourselves, here is a great opportunity to get a massive tax return if I massage the truth the truth, and add some numbers left, right and centre and see that I can get the biggest cheque that comes back from the government, instead of that and in place of that, I ought to think the tax office is God's servant put there under his authority to do me good. So that as I pay taxes, I'm paying for roads, hospitals, schools, defence forces, all for our good. And I'll make sure that I claim only what I am allowed to. Perhaps even if I make an error, I'll make an error in not claiming things that I perhaps had the opportunity to, so that I pay more tax rather than less tax. And as I do that, I will be God-honouring in honouring those authorities, those laws that sit over me. And you would be too. And the added bonus, the tax office ever audits you, you never get fined. They will never wield the sword against you. It's just good news. So if I cheat on my tax, if I speed, what am I doing? I'm opposing God himself because he has placed those authorities there to do me good and to restrain evil and praise God that they are there. Now, you might be asking yourself, doesn't, aren't some of our authorities doing a terrible job? And that might well be the case. You might well be able to think of examples where they're not doing a great job. Of course that is true, because the authorities are human, like me, and they make mistakes, and they're like you, so they fall into error. Our political leaders and our health leaders have had 18 months of busyness, hecticness, trying to figure out how to govern in relation to COVID. You might look back on the last 18 months and think, wow, they've done a whole lot of things that I wouldn't have done, things that I wouldn't be happy with. Or you might look back on the last 18 months and think, wow, they've done a great job. Does it matter what sort of a job they do as to whether or not we ought to obey? Do we get a chance to say, well, you're doing a terrible job, so I'm just going to bend the rules and not obey what you are asking me to do? Have a look back at verse 1. Verse 1 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. So there's no get-out-of-jail-free card. There's no exclusion clause that says, if they're doing a bad job, you can make up the rules. No, no, everyone is to sit under the authorities even when they make some really poor decisions. Now, some of you are thinking, hang on, I'm sure there are times when we ought to be disobeying the governing authorities. That's true, and we'll come to those specific instances in just a moment. But I want to just say, let's pause and recognise that God's plan for us, the regular and normal occurrence, is that we submit to the governing authorities who rule over us. We ought to be very law-abiding citizens if you're a Christian here today. And not only, we ought to recognise that the Christian life 
is one of submitting, of putting ourselves under one another. We submit to the authorities, to the governing authorities. We submit to the authority of God himself as he leads us through his word and by his spirit. Our kids are to submit to their parents. Our wives are to submit to husbands. Our church members are to submit to church leaders. Our church itself submits to the leadership of Jesus himself. That's the standard Christian life. And in regard to the authorities, that continues. We're to sit under their authority. Now to the exceptions. When do we not do this? When is it okay? When is it actually right for us to disobey the governing authorities? What circumstances need to exist for us to say no to those who rule over us? And actually Jesus gives us a bit of a lead on this as we start to think about it. Jesus was asked, is it right to pay taxes? And he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but to God what is God's. So there is an allegiance, an honour and respect and an obedience that ought to go to the authorities. We are to sit under Caesar's authority. But at the same time, we're to sit under God's authority and to give to him what we owe him. So honour and respect and obedience wherever it's due. What does that mean? Pay your taxes. But as you do that, know that we owe God all of ourselves as a living sacrifice. That's what Romans 12 to 16 is about. So we owe an allegiance to the authorities. We owe an allegiance to God himself. Now, there are some helpful examples in the Bible of choosing when to disobey the governing authorities. So let's look at some of them now. Peter and the apostles are an example in Acts. Uh, They were preaching the gospel. They were thrown into jail by some of the authorities. They were actually busted out of jail by an angel of the Lord. That's pretty cool, isn't it? What do they do? First thing they do, they go back to the temple courts and they keep teaching and preaching about Jesus. The exact thing that got them thrown in jail in the first place, they go back to doing again. Here's the interaction that happened between the high priest and Peter in Acts 5, verse 28 and 29. The high priest says, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. There's the command. We're cranky at you for talking about Jesus. It's not good for us. Peter's response, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. There's a clear instance where obeying God means disobeying the governing authorities. And so what do we do? We disobey the authorities when we have to in order to obey God. And on preaching the gospel on sharing the good news of Jesus, of making disciples, then there's a clear need to disobey the authorities and obey God. It's not the only instance. The Hebrew midwives are an example as well. If you think back, if you you know the story of the Exodus, the Hebrew midwives were commanded by Pharaoh to kill all of the newborn boys, infanticide. What do they do? They refuse. Because to obey God means disobeying Pharaoh. Daniel's another example. Daniel's in exile in Babylon and he's told that no one is to pray to anyone in the land except for the king. What does Daniel do? Hang on a sec. I'm just going go to go home, open my window so everyone can see me and pray to the God of heaven and earth. 
because obeying God meant disobeying the king. Friends, they're the circumstances where you and I ought to disobey the governing authorities. When obeying God means we have to disobey the authorities. Gladys Berejiklian, one of our political leaders, the Premier of the state, uh, last year or the year before, I'm not sure when, was under a bit of pressure about building, knocking over stadiums and rebuilding them. And she was being uh, uh, told that she should be building hospitals and schools. And she had this phrase, which a lot of people use. The phrase was, we can chew gum and walk at the same time. We can do two things at once. Friends, we can do two things at once if the circumstances allow. We can obey the governing authorities and obey God. We can do two things at once in the normal course of events. But when obeying God means disobeying the authorities, then the choice is clear. And sometimes, occasionally, we are being asked to walk to the north by the authorities and to walk to the south by the God of heaven and earth. And at that point, it's very clear who we are to obey. Now, it might be around preaching the gospel or declaring Jesus as king. It might be around other issues, moral issues, that we need to take a stand and be on God's side rather than the governing authorities. If you're a health worker, perhaps this is going to come up for you in the years ahead. Perhaps our health authorities are going to compel you to take part in abortions for parents who choose who say it's not particularly uh, helpful for us to have a baby at the moment we'd like to abort this baby the choice would be clear you can either obey god or obey the authorities if that circumstance exists and at that point we would have to obey god but as we think through all of this we ought to recognize that mostly most of the time under normal circumstances to obey the governing authorities even the silly things that they ask us to do. To obey all of the rules is to submit to God's authority. Now, if you're here today and you're still thinking to yourself, I really want to start a revolution. I'm sick of the way I'm being led. I want to overthrow the governing authorities. Praise God, you can. You can vote. And kick out, find a couple of other million people, you can kick out the government and start with another one. And six months down the time, we'll be unpleased with them as well, I'd say. But praise God, we live in a world where we have that as an option. So why do we do all this? What's the motivation for us to obey the authorities when many times we might well disagree with them? If you were here last week, Romans 12 to 16 is all about living life with the rear vision mirror clearly in view looking back to the wonder of the gospel of what God has done for us. What's the motivation for us to obey the authorities who lead us and rule us? Keep looking in the revision mirror. See the incredible mercy of God, the one who has loved us and saved us when none of us could save ourselves. And that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is king over us. If you've turned to him in trust, he's your saviour, but he is also your Lord, your king, the one who rules. So what is your motivation to do obedience to the governing authorities? As you respect and honour the authorities, you're respecting and honouring Jesus himself. That's the motivation for us to do obedience. So what type of person are you? Either she'll be right, throw the recipe to one side, put the instructions in the bin and just go for it. Either sort of person who says, I can just do whatever I want, 
Or are you the sort of person who follows all of the instructions all of the time and you keep all the rules? Either way, it doesn't really matter what you're like. If you're a Christian here today, the command is clear. If you put your trust in Jesus, wonderful. He saves you from God's coming wrath. Praise God for that. But as he does that, he is Lord over you. He's king over you and me. Now the path of obedience is respect and honour and obey the authorities. And as you and I do that, we are obeying the one who is king above all kings and putting him in his rightful place, the one who demands our highest allegiance, Jesus himself. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you that you are the God who saves and we recognise that you are Lord over us. You are our King. Help us to obey this command, to sit under the authority of those who lead us and rule us so that we might honour and respect you as we do this obedience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.